At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show. So happy you're tuning in to Dose of Leadership. Another solo episode. I'm recording this on the Tuesday, March 17th. I have a t- I only got about seven episodes I have to release, interviews, and uh, I was meaning to do that today. But it's been a crazy week, hasn't it? A crazy couple of weeks. I don't know about you, but I'm getting a little tired of saying the term, man, I've never seen that before. I have a feeling we're going to be saying that more times than we want to. Crazy times, historical times, right? We'll always look back at this and say life before COVID-19 and life after COVID-19. It's just one of those seminal moments. But it's all about perspective, right? And uh, we just found out today that uh, all the kids will be, uh, all the schools will shut down until the rest of the year. And uh, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, and I'm so concerned about all the small business owners and all those people who, especially restaurant owners and the wait staff and people who rely on tips. And I mean, that's just barely scratching the surface of how many lives are impacted. And we still don't know how this is all going to turn out. But I do know that in the long run, it will, it will pass. This too shall pass. I am completely confident about that. I'm not frightened in that sense. A little unsettling because we don't know what's going to happen. A little unsettling that how fast this flipped around. And as, as you know, I'm in the airline industry. This happened on 9-11. It certainly smells, feels like 9-11 in a sense. In a lot of ways, different and almost worse because the whole globe is impacted and we're so connected globally. Um, who knows how it's going to turn out? But I know it'll pass. In my gut, it feels like it's a short-term thing. How much damage will be done on the other side of it? Who's to say? But that's what this episode is about, is just like it or not, this is where leadership gets tough. Like it or not, you're a role model. And we go back to the whole kind of foundation of Leadership 101 I talked about last week, about uh, leading in a crisis. And tied into that is the ability to always remember the foundational of being a leader is, you know, Leaders are made or broken in a crisis, and part of that foundation is that you always have to be aware and intentional about setting the example. And that's really what the title of this episode means. It's about setting the example. Like it or not, you are a role model. You don't have a choice in it. It's always fun and interesting when I ask the questions in a keynote, and depending on the audience, but let's just say it's a typical rotary audience or an audience just with the cross-section of experience. This isn't a room full of executives, just a cross-section of everyday folk. And I ask them, do they see themselves as leaders? And it's always about 10% of the audience will raise their hand. Now, maybe more than 10% believe they're leaders, but they're just afraid to raise their hand because there's this kind of general perception of, well, who am I to say that I'm a leader? And we're hesitant because we don't see ourselves as leaders. 
But then I always then I ask the question, I flip it on its head, I say, okay, who here in this room, and I'm asking this of you, if you're questioning if you see yourself as a leader or not, is there somebody in your life right now that is looking to you for influence and guidance? At this very moment, in March 2020, in the middle of this COVID crisis, is there somebody in your life that's looking to you for influence and guidance? And 100%, everybody can say yes to that. And that's why studying leadership is so important. We're all going to be called to leadership multiple times throughout life. We're all going to be tested, like I said last week, and leading through a crisis. We are role models, whether we like it or not. So yes, you can think of someone right now that's looking to you for influence and guidance, and it's more than one. I guarantee almost everybody that's listening to this show has multiple people that's looking to them for influence and guidance. And that's why it's so... uh, That's why leadership is so difficult, I really think. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why it's so difficult. It's easy to understand. It's easy to say, well, yeah, of course someone's looking to me for influence and guidance. But particularly now, when you think about if you're a parent at home and you found out your kids are going to be home from school, whether college or high school, middle school, elementary, whatever, and we've got this, this situation that we're faced with. And now more than ever, is it important to realize that people are looking at you. There used to be a saying in the Marine Corps says, their eyes are upon you whether you like it or not. They're looking at you even when you can't tell they're looking at you, right? The eyes are always upon you. And it's so true. And again, it goes to this intentionality piece of always thinking, man, I'm always on. And that's the key towards um, understanding the importance of setting the example. Because the more leadership response, or the, the fact that you are aware that you have leadership responsibility, it means there's a spotlight on you. And the more leadership responsibility that you gain, then the bigger that spotlight is on you. And it's like an inverse proportional relationship that the bigger the spotlight is you, the less personal freedom you have. That's the inverse relationship on leadership, responsibility, accountability, and your own personal freedoms. The higher you go up the chains, the bigger the spotlight is on you. The more that you're accountable, the less personal freedom that you have. That is a reality. And that less personal freedom means that it's because that people are always watching you, even when, like I said, they're technically not looking at you. So it's important to realize this fundamental unfortunate truth about leadership. I've talked about this many times on my show, but it is part of this foundation of setting the example or realizing that you are a role model, is that perception is reality. There have been multiple times in both my Marine Corps career, I can think of a handful of examples where it really was pretty blatant, and I can think of a handful of examples in my corporate career where it came front and center. More so in the corporate arena because we have this tendency to lawyer up and build a shield around facts, which is a good thing. Facts are our friends, but you have to be constantly aware of how you're being perceived. The reality is perception is reality. If I perceive you to be a thief, you may never have stolen anything ever in your life, but if I perceive you to be a thief, then you're a thief. And that's the unfortunate truth about life. And particularly when you become a leader and you get a spotlight on you. You have to be constantly aware of how you're being perceived. Again, feeding into the reason why leadership is so hard because you have to have that self-awareness, that constant awareness of how you're being perceived. It's so critical to do everything you can in your power to avoid faulty perceptions altogether. So that means you got to become maniacally aware of how you're coming across. It takes work, but the more that you do it, the more that it becomes second nature. 
Again, a big lesson I learned from the Marine Corps. You hear me talk about the Marine Corps a lot. The Marine Corps was maniacal about perceptions. They were always drumming into you to don't sweat, or I mean to sweat the details, the little stuff, the attention to detail, attention to detail. The little things matter. And they compound. And that attention to detail, and the reason why it's so important is because it sets the stage for perceptions. And it does set you apart from the everyday, everyday mediocre, right? It does set you apart. That attention to detail, that self-awareness about how you're coming across, that intentionality, that awareness will set you apart. It will set you apart as a leader. It is a small thing on the surface, but it's very powerful. It's a great return on investment is my point. The little things matter. I like to tell a story of my time in the Marine Corps, what I call the oil change story. I've used this in some of my keynotes. For example, I used to live on base when I lived in North Carolina, me and my wife. And on the weekends, I used to like to change my own oil. I got a great deal of satisfaction out of it. And on the base, you could, they had a great, you could pay five bucks an hour and you could take your car to this, you know, um, you could rent a, a lift, a stall with all the tools. It was great. It was like a, if you're an auto hobby guy, it was just a perfect setup. And I would go in there on the weekends and I'd go to the base exchange or the, the store, if you would, and, and buy my oil and my oil filter. And I would go to this rent a stall for five bucks and go change my oil and all said and done, I got the satisfaction to do it on myself. I knew it was done right. Well, I got up on a Saturday morning and uh, I'd bought this stuff the night before leaving uh, work on a Friday evening. And Saturday morning I got up, I took my bag of oil and oil filter and didn't shave and went to the um, auto hobby shop in there. I got in there and I realized I had the wrong oil filter, about the wrong size. And again, here I am, uh, unshaven, in my sweats, had my you know, ball cap on, didn't look like the Marine Corps officer. I had to go in and exchange this oil filter for the correct one. But I didn't go straight to the base exchange store wearing my sweats and my ball cap and my unshaven face. I actually went home, showered, shaved, put on a collared shirt, jeans and a belt, and shoes, and went in and exchanged it. And the reason why was because it was drummed into us, particularly as officers, that we couldn't afford to be seen kind of in a, in a less than well-groomed appearance. So if I would have come across some of the people that were in my squadron, some of the enlisted folks in my squadron, and they saw me that way, the perception wouldn't bode well while I was in the Marine Corps. And I tell that story because you hear that, and as a civilian, you think, wow, what a waste of time. But that was kind of the maniacal obsession about sweating the small stuff, that the little things matter, because I couldn't afford that perception or the power of that perception to come across. Does that make sense? Now, I'm not saying that you need to go to those levels because it was a different culture, right? It, was, it had a different meaning. But whatever your culture is, make sure that you're adhering to it and that you're paying attention to those small little things, those maniacal things. It's the little things of like showing up on time. Are you chewing gum when you're at work? Are you swearing? I mean, that's a huge problem of mine, right? I have always had a problem with swearing. Just those little things, right? How is your appearance? Are you setting yourself apart? It's those little things that just, they make a big difference. And so I know I'm drumming this into the ground, but that's, that's, that's the point. The little things matter, attention to detail. The other part of this about setting the example and realizing that you're a role model is this avoidance of what I call of appearing managerial. And what do I mean by that? Well, this usually happens particularly with new leaders when they get thrust into a new leadership role. How many people have you, and maybe you've done this yourself, they've been thrust into a new role or they've finally attained a different title, a new position, the corner office, they've arrived. They got the managerial t-shirt. 
and they turn into a different person. It happens all the time. And it's what I call about this appearing managerial, and you need to avoid that like the plague. Another story I tell about this example, and I worked in the hotel industry. I remember we used to, in the hotel, we, it was a, a, an extended stay hotel concept. And so there was a lot of emphasis on keeping things lean, meaning you had a small staff. A normal hotel, I don't know, 17, 20 full-time employees, I think, somewhere in that area. Like a normal hotel, like a Candlewood Suites or something like that. And uh, I'm not talking about a luxury hotel, but, you know, like a Candlewood Suites, something to that effect. But this extended say that I worked for, we tried to do things with six and a half employees, meaning that you had a property manager. They were the, the top of the heap. They, they ran that property. Well, they had a facility supervisor that lived there. It's kind of like the Scotty of the ship of the Star Trek Enterprise, right? They, they knew the ins and outs. They were like the maintenance guy. They were responsible for living on the property, taking care of all the things like in the middle of the night, if a pipe broke or whatever. Well, those facility supervisors ended up being pretty good candidates for property managers because they knew the hotel inside and out. And that was the case where I had a certain property and this one facility supervisor was the best. I mean, this guy kept this hotel immaculately clean. I mean, the cleanliness overwhelmed the senses when you walked into the hotel. It was so awesome. And that was part of the brand about being maniacally clean. And he was so good at it. And the first, the kind of the, the public bathroom that was when you walked in the lobby and there was a public bathroom off the side, that was so important, a part of our brand, to make sure that that bathroom was spotless, maniacally clean. And nobody cleaned this bathroom like this. I mean, it was just immaculate. You could eat off of the floor in the bathroom, as gross as that sounds. Well, a property manager went on to different pastures and I thought it was a perfect fit to make this facility supervisor the property manager, which I did. Four, five, six months go by with this guy in this new role, and I would come and I'd visit, you know, every three or four weeks and visit the hotel, and it was just deteriorating. The cleanliness of the hotel was going down. It became one of the worst hotels, and the bathroom was atrocious, not up to the brand standards. And I asked him, I said, what is going on? I mean, so you used to, I mean, nobody knows how to clean a, a bathroom like you do. Why does this bathroom look like hell? And he said, oh, you know, Rich, I mean, it's that damn facility supervisor. I can't get him. He just doesn't get it. I'm like, wait, wrong answer, bub. Nobody in this brand knows how to clean a hotel and particularly get the bathrooms like we want it to do. Nobody does it better than you. Why aren't you teaching him how you want it to be? Oh, Rich, I mean, I can't do that. I'm the, I'm the property manager now. I'm in a leadership role. <laughs> wrong answer. Again, strike two. The right answer would be, you don't like how the toilet's being cleaned, then you need to get down on your knees and actively show how you want it to be cleaned. Actively lead how you want things to be. Talking to you at this thing, it makes perfect common sense, but he looked at me and he was kind of dumbfounded. You don't do the work for them. Now, that's the other thing. You don't like how something's being done. You got to be careful. You can't do the work for them time and time again. But like in this example, like he didn't, like, you know, this was completely below our brand standards and he didn't like how it was. Well, you're accountable for it, my friend. You don't like how things are being done. Then you need to actively lead how you want things to be. Get in there. Show them how it's done. Teach them how to do it. Now, the difference is you better not be doing it over and over again or you got the right person. You're doing it wrong, right? But you need to be willing to set the example and drive home expectations. That's the point. You have to set the expectations and you have to be willing to get down at that level and show them how it's done. I see so many junior leaders, they think, well, it's all about delegation, delegation, delegation. I don't want to be a micromanager. I get that. But you're taking it to the wrong extreme. You should never ask somebody to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. 
doesn't mean you do it time and time again. It's a whole teaching a man to fish type thing, right? That's part of your job as leaders to get them in there and show them how it's done. Look, the bottom line is setting the example, everything that I've set up at this point, it's about doing the right thing even when no one is looking. That's really what it boils down to. You could argue, is that the hard thing to do? Maybe, but it's actually the easy thing to do because when you set the example, especially when no one's looking at doing the right thing, then everything else kind of falls into place. And I'm not saying that you're doing anything nefarious or anything like that. It's just the simple things. If you're even asking people to do what you're not, not asking them to do something you're not willing to do yourself, but being maniacal about making sure those perceptions and how you're coming across, making sure you're the first one to show up and the last one to leave. Make sure, like in the Marine Corps example, that you eat last. Making sure that you're consistent in your policies and how you hand out punishments, how you hand out rewards, that you're consistent across the board. Always thinking about how you're being perceived. It can be exhausting. And it can be exhausting, particularly now in this time of crisis of what we're faced with now. And you may be sitting at home and we've got a new normal. We don't know what's going on. The uncertainty. My God, I don't know what's going on with the airline industry. The reality is I may not have a flying job in a couple months. But I can't control that. But I can control my reaction to it. I can control what I'm doing and set an example for my family, for my kids in this time of crisis. And I'm catching myself as I'm sitting there binge watching Netflix or watching the news or scrolling the airplane f- airline pilot forum board trying to get answers. And I want those answers because I want the comfort just like you do. But the reality is I'm not going to get them. And I need to remind myself that this is the time And particularly now, I don't know what your situation is, but I'm sure your world's been upended like everybody's has. In this time of abject uncertainty, this is the time that you dig deep and you start setting the example for those that are looking to you for influence and guidance because they are. They're looking to you. And so what are you going to do in this time of crisis so that when you come out on the other end that this time wasn't wasted, that you you do realize that this is a moment of opportunity for your spouse, for your kids, for your coworkers to be that calm during the storm. That's what you get paid the big bucks for, right? That's what you get paid the big bucks for. That's why leadership is so hard. But it's also why it can be so rewarding. And remember what I've always said, that if this is an obligation. This isn't, it's a choice, but I do think you have an obligation to, to carry it out, to make this place better than you found it. And the world's falling apart all around, or seemingly falling apart all around us, or at least the normals that we're used to. And there's going to be some new normals on the other side of this. And I came across this thing on Facebook from my friend Vito Maza, who's been in a few of my masterminds. And he shared it from this guy named Darren Tyler. And I just thought it was perfect. And that kind of what prompted me to record this episode tonight. And in it, he said, in World War II, everyone in Great Britain was hunkered down in fear of the bombings from Germany. During that time, C.S. Lewis began a radio broadcast. That broadcast became the book Mere Christianity which I'm sure many of you are familiar with. Isaac Newton was only 20 years old when the bubonic plague forced people into their version of social distance, distancing. And during that year, he was away distancing himself from Cambridge. He created the theory of gravity. The Apostle Paul, if you remember, was under house arrest when he wrote most of the New Testament. So I'm not sure if God causes these things, but I know that if we do our part, that he's not going to waste it. So when we're in this time of crisis, when we're all hunkered down, we're all restricted, plans are on hold, everything's changes, we're sitting still, challenge you 
what creative, life-changing, world-impacting ideas are sitting right beside you right now as those people are looking to you for influence and guidance. That's the opportunity you have in front of you. I really appreciate you being a fan of the show. I really would like to see what you think about this episode. Email me, richard at doseofleadership.com. You can go to doseofleadership.com and there's a contact me section. It'll fill out a form. It'll send it to the same email. But I'd love to hear from you. Another call to action is just if you get value out of the show, pass it along to a friend, a family member, spouse, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, your kids, coworker. Let them know about this show. It's continuing to grow. It always has grown for seven years, a solid, steady state of growth. And I want 2020 to be the year of exponential growth because this is part of my calling and making the campsite better than I found it. And I can't do it without your help. Take the time to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever works for you. And the last thing I'll leave with is a pitch. I pitched it in the beginning of my last two episodes. I'm going to pitch it at the very end here. But it's my Dose of Leadership University. This is my commercial. It's been an amazing couple of weeks interviewing people for my founding members. I'm looking for 30 people at the end. If I don't get 30, that's fine, because I'm being very selective about who gets in. But it's an opportunity to experience personal and professional development within a community of like-minded leaders, something I've been wanting to do for quite a while. I tried it a few years ago, five years ago, and it didn't work. It was too soon. But now I'm confident with my network growing and my ability to facilitate masterminds and coach individuals. I've got five years under my belt doing that. Real-life leadership delivering real-world results. It's about being intentional about your leadership journey, and that's what this Dose of Leadership University is all about. It's your hub of leadership knowledge support. It certainly has as an online training videos as part of it, but the real meat of it is the interactive community of like-minded leaders like you who are searching for significance. The video lessons are there, self-paced, set your foundation for growth. It's proven I've, I've trained over 35 organizations with those videos in that course. So there's value there, but it's that interaction with the community that creates a level of accountability that's going to allow you to grow into the kind of leader you were called to be. You're going to benefit by joining by the encouragement because, look, leadership is tough. We can't do it alone. You're going to need support. So by joining, you're going to find encouragement and support that's going to allow you to make the tough decisions to lead at the highest level. You're going to get insight, a different perspective from all these different people from varying backgrounds. And I'm so excited with the people that have committed already. Such an amazing, diverse group of experience and life. Uh, they're going to add so much value if you join. There's so much to be gained when we seek wisdom from leaders who represent varying parts of businesses and life and life journeys. And growth. Look, the vast majority of everybody that's in this group is committed so far. They're committed to be intentional. They're leadership junkies that are intentional about taking charge of their personal development. Look, most people are just reacting to life. I don't want that type of person in this group. I want someone who wants to set themselves apart and grow with purpose. And the other thing you'll get by joining is the accountability piece. By joining the Dose of Leadership University, you're going to be held accountable by your peers. Accountability leads to action. Action leads to achievement. Accountability makes every leader better. So how do I do that? Well, what's included, I got, like I said, the online video training, 20 high-impact videos spread across four modules, my Legacy Leader Blueprint course that has time-tested, proven results 
from over 35 organizations. And it's, it, it's the blueprint on how to become a true leader of influence. I got a private forum, much like a Facebook group, but it's within Kajabi. And it's a way to post questions, receive valuable feedback from all the members within the group 24-7, 365 in between the monthly live trainings, which is the real meat of the course. Monthly live trainings, monthly live calls with me and all the members of the group where we'll hot seat and mastermind real life challenges. And also we'll talk about leadership topics and learn. And also I'll bring on previous podcast guests throughout the year where you'll get to experience the same thing I do when I interview. And with my vast network of interviewing over 400 professionals, there's so many people I can bring into this aspect and it gives me a competitive advantage for this type of leadership training. It's like no other. Unique access. Every live session is recorded, so don't worry if you can't make a live session. They'll be recorded and archived for you to watch. And again, that interaction with my vast network throughout the year gives you a chance to interact and learn from them directly, something that a lot of leadership coaches can't provide. So that's it. That's the Dose of Leadership University. 350 bucks, founding member, one-time price, that's it. I'm not going to charge anything more. Eventually, I'm going to be charging three times that much to be a part of this community, but I need people to help me grow this community, so I'm looking for founding members. And you have to interview with me to, if you're going to do that. So if you're interested, go to doseofleadership.com slash university. That's doseofleadership.com slash university. Look at the landing page. Hit the enroll now, and it'll take you to a form at the bottle. You can fill out your name, your email, and your phone number, and it'll send me an email. It'll let me know you're interested, and then I will contact you, and we'll set up a time to talk, and we'll see if this is right for you. I've only got a few seats available left if you're listening here in the third week of March of 2020. I'm kicking this off on the 1st of April. We're going to go live with our live sessions. So the door is closing soon, so if you're interested, let me know, and I'd like to hear from you. Again, thanks so much for being a part of this show. Thank you for letting me pitch that at the end of this episode and let me know what you think. I'm so looking forward to the next time we can be together. And until then, make it a great one.